This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. How many times have you yelled at or at least had to move out of the way of a driver of a luxury car behaving badly on the road, maybe blowing through a red light or cutting you off dangerously? A new study out of Finland finds the make of the car is no coincidence. It found that argumentative and egotistical men are particularly likely to drive cars like Mercedes, Audis, or BMWs. And those same personality traits can also explain why these people can be such unethical and aggressive drivers. The study assessed their personalities and found that they were more willing to fight and more likely to think that the rules don't apply to them. Do you agree? Maybe you drive one of those cars and you think that is completely unfair. The number is to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And now let's go to Dr. Tracy Stein, a clinical psychologist and health educator, and Brian Patterson, president and CEO of the Ontario Safety League. Uh, Tracy Stein, do these findings surprise you? They don't surprise me at all, really. Um, I have written previously on the link between things like narcissism and aggressive driving and, you know, entitlement. And basically, the authors of this study wanted to see are people who buy these luxury cars more aggressive or more, um, actually, not so much in this study, but more likely to be less agreeable and less conscientious. And the study they chose to do was born out of their own experiences with people driving luxury cars aggressively. So I'm not surprised at all. Brian Patterson, what do you think? Well, you know, they often say, Libby, that in, with my job, uh, you know, I've been working at it for 15 years and we haven't been able to solve that problem. But I feel like the, uh, the, the, the guy who installs the turn signal on a BMW, he works hard and accurate, but... Uh, at the end of the day, nobody's going to use it. <laughs> and and uh, is uh, would you say that uh, who's worse, Mercedes or BMW? I, I think I think uh, Dr. Stein got it correct. The Type A personality, the bit of a narcissist, the bit of a uh, have to show off who I am and what I own, uh, are attracted to the to that product. And at the end of the day. Um, I know we, we do uh, uh, issues with people who have, have come into conflict with the courts. And uh, on the days that we're doing that, there are a significant number of luxury cars in our, uh, in our parking lot. Okay. Uh, I'll just uh, give a little bit of detail about how this study was done. So they asked uh, nearly 2,000, about 1,900 Finnish car owners about their cars, their wealth, and their consumption habits, as well as their personality traits, using a framework to assess 
the person's conscientiousness, neuroticism, extroversion, agreeableness, and openness to experience. So they correlated all those things. Uh, Tracy, is is that a, a good way of conducting a study like that? Yeah, so what they did is they used a very uh, well-known and um, long-used model called the five-factor model, um, otherwise referred to as the big five. And these, these five domains of personality that you mentioned tend to capture most of the variation in personality uh, across people in a population. And what they found in this study in particular that what I found was surprising was that they had two groups of people who tended to buy luxury cars. And the groups were actually very different from one another. The, the groups that they expected to find was men who were low in agreeableness. And, you know, so if you're agreeable, you're cooperative and polite. If you're not very agreeable, you have low frustration tolerance, you might be more impulsive and more aggressive. And then the other group they found buying luxury cars were actually people in general, men and women who happen to be more conscientious. And again, if you're conscientious, you're orderly and you're task-focused and you actually care about doing a good job. Um, And one of the things that they attributed this to is that people tend to choose brands that they think reflect something about them or how they view themselves in an ideal way. So if you're really conscientious, you want a car that you think is going to be well-built and function well and maybe reflect the fact that it does a good job and you do a good job. But if you're somebody who just needs a lot of validation and admiration and you want to be seen as better than other people, somebody who's maybe more narcissistic or less conscientious or less empathic, you're also going to want a high-status car as well. But you might not drive it very well. Okay, let me give the numbers out again. I am curious about on-the-roads people. When you're driving, do you have more trouble from guys in luxury cars or out there guys in luxury cars? Is Do you think this is a load of malarkey? Do you think this is fair to correlate these personality traits? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And, you know, uh, one of our staffers here has been complaining about Mercedes drivers <laughs> for years, years. She was so happy when I showed her the study. And... I, on the road, I find trouble with people in 4x4s. You know those big trucks? I think it's a similar phenomenon, though, because if you picture a truck as being very masculine and very powerful and, you know, being able to do other things on the road that other cars can't, that would make sense that somebody who might drive aggressively might also have a car like that. We have to keep in mind, too, that... Plenty of people have, you know, particular cars and don't drive aggressively. But what the authors of the study were saying is basically, if this is part of your personality, you will be drawn to high-status items, and not just cars, actually. Okay. Uh, let's hear from Sean in Toronto. Hi, Sean. Hi, Libby. I, I'm just amazed these days at... Uh, the drivers out there that have these fancy pickups, you know which ones I'm talking about. I was know, just talking and, about them, the 4x4s. 
Yeah, the four by fours—they're crazy, Libby. Uh, They—you watch these uh, these things in action on our streets, our neighborhoods, and uh, our highways. They drive them like they're toys, and they rev up and speed up. And of course, there's there's a there's a an exception to every rule. But my, I'm just afraid of them. I just stay away from them. They, they, they're they're horrible, and I don't think there's safety there uh, at all. Um, but I'm I'm just amazed at how they're driven around in in the province. Uh, yeah, I, I have to say sometimes, and I guess you notice them too because they're so big. Uh, you certainly don't want to be in their way if uh, they decide that uh, they have to go first. Thanks for your call. Let's go to. Ellen in Brantford. Hi, Ellen. Hi, how are you today? Fine, how are you? Fine, thank you. Um, it's, I just jumped in the car and heard your uh, show. I listen to this channel all the time, so I thought it was intriguing because I just uh, recently purchased, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, it's probably a lower uh, as um, luxury cars go, but it's uh, BMW. And I feel a, a, a little bit the opposite. When I'm driving, I'm very extra careful and very extra nice because I think people expect me not to be when I'm driving this car, <laughs> um, which comes back in part because of the attitude of my own kids when I bought this car. So I'm kind of looking forward to getting rid of it, to be honest with you. What, what was the attitude of your kids? Well, they said, um, uh, <laughs> bluntly, they said, only jerks drive BMWs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to, to laugh. Uh, uh, okay, well, I, I guess that colors it. Maybe next time before you buy a car, uh, talk to your kids first. Uh, you're right. That's a good idea. But I thought it was uh, intriguing. I just get my two cents worth in. Okay, thank you so much, Ellen. I think Ellen is one of those more conscientious people, though, who wanted to buy a car that runs well and that she thinks is going to be a, a good car to drive. She's also sounds like she's conscientious and agreeable and cares about how she drives and how people perceive her. So she would be in that other category that the study was talking about. Okay, that's uh, interesting. Let's go to Brian in Mimico. Hi, Brian. Hi, Libby. I think, uh, I don't know what it is with black BMWs, but they're the worst, the most aggressive. And one time I was in a getting some gas at a gas station. I had just pulled up to the pump of the car in front of me, left to the other pump. Got out of my car, and this uh, Mercedes-Benz comes behind me. Guy honks the horn, leaning out the window, saying something in a German accent. So I got back in, moved my car up to the next empty pump there, thinking he wanted that. Instead, he drives right by me and goes to the Tim Hortons next door. And he could have went around the pumps, because I've done it myself. Lots of ways to get there, but I'm supposed to get into my car and move out of my way. I'm getting gas just so he can drive on through. That's arrogance. Okay. Brian, thanks for that. Okay. I think we, I think we see there, Libby, that this is really one of those scenarios where simple common courtesy seems to be uh, missing at the moment. I... I thought of that today when uh, I can't remember which municipality fired a uh, parking control officer for parking in a handicapped spot and then going out and issuing tickets. So the number of people who seem to think, well, there's no other spot, 
not using it for very long. I think I should be allowed to use it now. Uh, just incredible discourtesy that I think raises the ire with a lot of people. Well, if, if, I don't want to get on the subject of parking enforcement because that's a whole <laughs> other thing. But I often see them parked illegally or even double parked to give somebody else a ticket, which is, I think, pretty rich. We are talking about a study out of Finland that says that a lot of the drivers of luxury cars are badly behaved men who are aggressive, more likely to pick a fight, and believe that the rules don't apply to them. So what do you think? Uh, We have a Mercedes driver on the line, Rudy in Toronto. Hi. Hi, uh, Libby. I just uh, called in yesterday, but uh, the topic today is something that I I need to speak out about. Uh, Okay, go ahead. I'm I'm a Mercedes driver, but I I got it five years ago, uh, and I got it because it was my my mechanic had driven it before and had sold it to me, and it's a it's a 1987, so it's not a top notch one of those. uh, uh, high perf- perform very high performance uh, vehicles and and uh, and uh, I think uh, uh, like I bought it because it's a it's a reliable car and I believe I'm a conscientious driver. Okay. And I, I would think that a 1987 isn't exactly a, a high status thing. It's uh, it's kind of been around for a while. Yeah, but it's a, it still looks very nice. It's a nice silver Mercedes, and. Uh, the, the the cars uh, back and then has still had some design to them. A lot of the cars today just look like blobs. Okay, okay, Rudy. Well, you're you're one of the nice ones, obviously. Gee, thanks a lot. Okay, thank you, Rudy. So, um, Brian Patterson, do you think that uh, that maybe it's also the marketing of these cars is aimed at people with those type of personality traits? Well, I think that could be it. Uh, one of the one of the things and. Dr. Stein knows as well. It would be nice if they opened up the data uh, on uh, in this area at the Ministry of Transport uh, as to whether what the percentage of collisions in relation to the number of drivers, how often the uh, the driver involved uh, in these vehicles is at fault uh, for uh, for collisions. That's often a measure that makes an awful lot of sense. The personality traits of buyers, I'm not sure, but if uh, um, uh, if I'm paying the uh, uh, insurance and, you know, uh, you, you, you talked about the, you know, the big F-150s roaring, I, I travel 50,000 kilometers a year in the province and a lot of it on 400 series highways. And I hate to be on the highway on a day like, I guess, last Saturday where there's all kinds of spray coming up. If people would just stay a reasonable distance apart, they'd have no problem. But every five seconds, somebody has to pass. They're, they're, they're throwing off all kinds of spray. And that often is uh, uh, very unnerving for drivers who are either relatively novice. I don't, uh, I'm 61, so I'm not a novice driver. But I, but I find it quite distracting that, they, that, that I don't know how that vehicle and its uh, driver just assumes that they have uh, a, a better right or a or more significant right to uh, drive like a lunatic on the highway. Dr. Stein? So I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, you know, I think one of the challenges with um, just knowing, you know, what to do about aggressive drivers, regardless of what type of car they're driving, is, you know, how do you change behavior? And I don't know what type of data is normally collected uh, as part of traffic safety studies and so forth, but um, I'd be interested to see 
you know, do changes in uh, speed limits or uh, in police enforcement? Do those things make a difference in the number of aggressive driving incidents? I would think so, but I don't know. Um, but the, the real issue is that if somebody is very entitled and unempathic and self-centered and an aggressive driver, they don't really care about how they're going to impact other people. So unless there's a consequence, they're not going to change their behavior. But if you think about um, two of your callers, I believe it was Rudy and Ellen, they're driving conscientiously because they want to. So in a way, it wouldn't matter what kind of car they had. They're conscientious probably in general. For other people, I'm not sure what would change their behavior. I would think that the drivers of luxury cars might be aggressive, but not to the point of having a collision, because the other thing is those cars are really expensive to fix. They are. I can tell you a lot of people that are in this course have been involved in a collision at high speed. Um, uh, I know uh, Dr. Sai might recall when the 50-kilometer uh, law came in, the, ex- the excessive driving that resulted in a vehicle being seized, impounded uh, for seven days. We had 400 less road uh, fatalities in Ontario, and we've never had that significant a job, a drop. A lot of it had to do with the education. I guess uh, it, it, it may have impacted people, but uh, unfortunately, now we're probably eight years out from that. And uh, I'm still, uh, I'm sure Carrie Schmidt will tell you, they're, they're still finding people at 183 kilometers an hour uh, uh, wondering why they got pulled over or, or that it's just the cost of doing business. So uh, I, uh, apparently the vaccination by ticket and uh, impoundment seems to work, but it just doesn't work for everybody. Mm-hmm. What... Dr. Stein, do you think we can do with this information? It's okay. People have been wondering about this for years. Now they say, uh-huh, I'm not just imagining this. So <laughs> what can you do with this information? Well, you know, again, I, I don't know about in terms of what would make it better in terms of traffic enforcement, but it sounds like that would have some effect. Um, I think the thing is that the wealthier someone is, the more ability they have to not have to pay the consequences, right? Because they can hire an attorney to fight a traffic ticket or they can, you know, more easily fix a damage to an expensive car. What I would say is, you know, in this study, they linked aggressive driving or uh, luxury car ownership to older people. But I've often seen young people who are driving their parents' luxury cars. And in that case, I would say if there are complaints about your, uh, your teenager or young adults driving, you should take the privilege of driving that car away. Because again, if there's no um, discernible consequence, people tend not to change unless they're already motivated to do better. Okay, well, when it comes to uh, young people, some of them uh, are not brought up with very many rules or consequences. That's true. Uh, Brian Patterson, uh, we are starting to run out of time. What would you like to leave us with on this? Uh, I, I think Dr. Stein's right on. The affluenza uh, ability of some young people to uh, acquire massive tickets with massive costs, uh, and they have no concept until they learn about it what the uh, what their uh, what the real consequences are for uh, uh, for that high speed on highways. They're really kind of oblivious. So affluenza, 
and uh, and attitude. But hopefully, we get some better data, more current data to people like Dr. Stein, so that people will understand it is out there, and we have to work on it. Okay, and Dr. Stein, what would you like to leave us with? I mean, I would just urge people to drive as thoughtfully as they can. Um, And certainly, if you find that you're encountering the same aggressive driver all of the time, I would certainly encourage people to report it so that there may be some consequence. Thankfully, most drivers are actually pretty good, I would think. Okay. Thank you so much, Dr. Tracy Stein and Brian Patterson. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.